You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. What's up everyone and welcome to the Young Lion Podcast, I'm your host Chris O'Brien and we are almost at the end folks, we are almost at the end of the G1, in this I'm going to be covering the rest of the block matches, um, so that's 30 matches if you're keeping score at home, <laughs> the things I do, and then we're doing the um, final finals as its own event review, because it is an event, like storylines are going to be set up and jollies are going to be had and i'm going to be happy well i'm not going to be happy but yeah so it's this now and some point in the at least for next week the review of the block um of the complete finals will be coming out um and then i finally get a tiny breather i don't need to crap so much like um Rob and Gareth, I only need to watch what two weekly shows, fucking two weekly sh- about three hours of wrestling. Poof, try two hours of wrestling four times a week, people. It's an NXT takeover special, back to back to back to back to back every week. And as good as it is, like I shit on A Block matches a lot, but it's still good wrestling. Like if I didn't have to consume that much wrestling, I wouldn't be shitting on the A Block so much. But um yeah yeah, so it's a lot of wrestling. So I do apologize for falling behind during this but as i said it's like a takeover special back to back to back to back so yeah, forgive me i'm so sorry but i'm finally gonna be able to mess about um looking to some more new japan and popular opinions maybe a retro review i'm really sure before the proper destruction shows we have all in all in september right yeah so all in soon all in is soon i'm i've i've my, i have thoughts on all in but i think we're doing that as a um as the three of us me gareth and rob um i think don't quote me on that and um if rob ends up listening to this i'm sorry if i've given something away that was never gonna happen it was vaguely discussed in the group chat but yeah i think we're doing it as a threesome it makes sense because it's ring of honor mixed with a lot of new japan talent i mean most of the bullet clubs there okada's Going against Skill, which is a match I'm looking forward to. But anyway, why are we talking about All In? We have a lot of G1 matches to go into, so let's just do this. Come on. Okay, I'm not going to be going into a lot of details for most of these. For example, Elgin versus Fale. It was a pretty good big band match, you know? It was fine. Um, it Like, most Fale or fucking um, Tamatonga matches, it ends in DQ. I was pretty bored until the ending sequence. The ending sequence is pretty cool. Um, but... Yeah, it was fine. It was completely and utterly fine. Um, actually, um, I'm going to get this out of the way now. Um, Balak Fale is for one person to have never been pinned or submitted in a G1, but also not to go into the finals. That is ridiculous, guy. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous, and I absolutely hate how they've went. I, it better go somewhere. That's all I'm saying. It better go somewhere, but I'll probably go into more detail on that when I have less to cover. So let's just move on. Page versus Toga Makabe, and get ready for what's going to be a somewhat theme over the last few days of the G1. Page pulled a really good match out of Makabe, and I say really good, 6 out of 10. He pulled an above average match out of Makabe, which can be had. Like, Okada didn't manage it, Tana didn't manage it, Suzuki didn't manage it, but Page did. So that, look, colour me impressed, people, colour me impressed. Um, Hangman, 
Um, tried to play Maccabay's game, aka shoulder blocks, but failed at the beginning of the match. Um, Pages dead left to Maccabay. No, he's done it to bigger people. I think he did it to Elgin, but um, that's always going to be impressive. Um, strong style Lowitz in this match. That's always going to get a pop out of me because I'm a mark and a gunshot Lowitz into a um, passage, right of passage driver to win. It was a decent one. Um, Page gets his biggest match so far of the tournament. Stay tuned. Um, the um, winning a former G1 winner and IWGP champion. So good stuff. This was again match. Um, Page got an above average match out of Maccabee, which at his age is quite hard. Another good match next with Jay White versus Yoshihashi. And you know what? Jay White put a, a really above average match actually. Um, out of Yoshihashi, and a side suplex on the floor in this looked sick. Like, Yoshihashi took a nasty-looking spell. Um, then Jay White tried to knock out Kevin Kelly, um, as in, like, not physically, as in, like, the communication like he did in Fally Match. He just started doing that on purpose, um, which, you know what, <laughs> makes him my hero. Actually, Kevin Kelly in the last few days of the G1 got was really good, actually, actually doing the facts, not going silent. Like, he addressed a lot of the problems um, I had with him throughout the G1, so for that... Um, I'm happy with him. They actually became quite a cohesive unit by the end. Um, but it was really good. Um, Blade Runner into a roll-up. I thought Yoshihashi had it. Like, I was ready to put Yoshihashi wins by roll-up. Um, a Blade Runner almost got put into Kama, and then Switchblade knocks Hashi into Red Shoes, which, you know, he's just continuing to be the enemy of all refs, and then Kama into Blade Runner for the win. Really good. Um, the second best Yoshihashi match of the tournament so far after Elgin. Um, I love that Jabe continues to be the enemy of refs and announcers everywhere, and I love the story in this match where he's going, this is going to be my chaos. I love Jay White being the, um, arrogant young boy, basically trying to take over chaos. It is... It is somewhat reminiscent of Okada when he first um, came up, except Jay White and Marvin Okada. That is, it's weird. It's a bit weird, weird that I'm not going to try and draw that comparisons right now when I have a lot to go through. But yeah, I'm liking the story with this. Now, moving on. Tana vs. Evil. This was a decent, um, slightly above average stuff. I'm, I can't remember much from it and my notes. Um, the best, um, great everything is evil reversal sequence, it ends with Tanner doing the high fly flow for the, at the ending, decent match, 7 out of 10, I'm gonna, again, I'm flying through most of these, I'm sorry. Okada take, took on, um, Suzuki, now, this was interesting to me, because they had a match not too long ago for, like, Suzuki's 30th anniversary, and it was, like, in the rain, and I think the image of that match was just really cool, like, I haven't watched that match all the way through, but I did see the highlights, because... I don't know. I didn't watch all the way through, actually. I'll probably watch all the way through during the off time. I have a lot of things. I'm going to miss Japanese wrestling during the off time. Um, Suzuki um, attacked the card right away. Like, just didn't bother. Brawl into a crowd um, and chaired. Suzuki had a really cool way of cutting off Okada going in. Because most of the time, we just leave him for dead and get back in the ring. Suzuki stood outside with, uh, with a chair up until, like, the 15-16 count. Um, and then got back in. And then Akada somehow managed to get back in. Um, an air raid crash counted into an armbar was really cool. It was that was actually so cool. Um, I counted Rainmaker into a slap. I love that. Um, that was also repeated in the Tana match, but I just love that. It's just like ooh, <laughs> you thought you were gonna have a Rainmaker? No, bitch. No. Um, Akada hits a Gotch Tombstone, which, and I I don't like as much of a Gotch normal power driver of a tomb. I don't like the Tombstone next to the power driver. To be honest, the Tombstone used to be a cool move when I was. 10 and then 
you know, just sort of a normal power driver. And I'm like, no, it's much more effective and much easier to do. Why would why would anyone do the other one? Um, and then a discus rainmaker into rainmaker gets the win. Um, it was an amazing fucking war. Nine out of ten. Absolutely recommend like as like I would any Okada and Suzuki match. They just work great together. Just amazing. Go watch it now. Why are you listening to me? Go go watch an Okada versus Suzuki match. Yano versus um, Sonada. Now, this is the stage where I start not liking Yano. Like, I, I enjoy the matches, but it's sort of like... At the beginning of G1, it's like, oh, he could play spoiler. He can be an early spoiler for people. But at this stage, if he beats someone, he puts him out the tournament. Like, Sonada was already out the tournament, I'm pretty sure. I think he was already out the tournament. But um, Yano, just, he can play spoiler, and I don't like hit the thought of him putting someone out of the tournament, which was sort of played on later on, but we'll get to that. Um, Yano blindsides Sonata before it even starts, and then um, it just escalated from there. Um, Paradise Lock tried to get the count out, didn't work, and then, because Rocky Romero pushed um, Yano over to get out of the Paradise Lock, that was just outside interference, fucking heels, chaos of heels, and and then a paradise lock to both Rocky and um, Sonata around ring posts, and then um, Sonata gets back in, gets a count-up victory, a decent bollocks match, I enjoyed it. I don't have much for notes for this um, next match, I, do, I think I'm just conditioned not to care about Tamatonga matches now, um, Gato versus Tamatonga, there's a miscommunication to the timekeeper at some point, that was a bit weird. Um, and they just repeat the red shoe spot from the Tana versus Fale match. You know, where he sticks the middle finger up and DQs him and it looks like he's going to get a win. That's about it. I'm seriously conditioned not to care about Tama matches anymore. Uh, damn it, Tama. We we had such high hopes for you. <laughs> Me and Rob talked about having high hopes for you during our G1s. Uh, damn it, Tama. Zack Sabre Jr. versus a Juice Robinson. Um, there was a great spine buster into a guillotine spot. Like, he just held on it was great um juice does have one of the best spine busters although juice does have a few weak looking moves at times depends who he's wrestling a lot of the time that can be a problem um especially when you're wrestling yoshihashi you know he's been doing such a magic one but at some point everyone's gonna have to wrestle yoshihashi so um great candidates in this match an amazing tie-up submission like, everything was tied up. I don't know how it was physically possible. It led to a ref stoppage. The SJ has beaten uh, the champion. <laughs> uh, the US champion. Yes. Yes. Right, this next match doesn't have any notes. And it, no, this normally means one of two things. One, the match didn't worth... It wasn't just worth taking notes because it was... Not, like, I do it in most tag matches. I won't take notes. Like, if something's memorable... I'll quickly jot it down, but for the most part, I'll just go, this happened, these guys win, it's fine. Or, it's an amazing match, match of year contender, and I was in fraud the whole way through. This is it. At this point, this match has been praised to death. It is so good, and it's hard to explain why, really. But, at this point, it's gotten five and a half stars from the Wrestling Observer. Um, it's really highly rated on Cage Match, which is basically like in a high rating on Metacritic. In that, it's a it's a bunch of backseat reviews, but who cares? But a lot of people clearly like it. It was amazing, stiff right strikes, amazing counters. Um, this is why you watch for G One. It is Ishi versus Omega, like just amazing stuff. And Ishi beat Omega. That's the 
surprise of a tournament for me. Nothing. Like, maybe Yano beating Ibushi, but, like, that's a story to be told, you know? That's, um, Ishi, um, Ibushi didn't take Yano seriously, so Yano managed to get past Ibushi, you know? And, but, no, like, these guys are just the best pairing, one of the best pairings in, um, New Japan, actually. Like, Ishii has been, without doubt, the MVP of this G1. He's the MVP of most G1s. He's one of the best on the roster, and you can't look past him. And it's as a title defense for um, King of Pro Wrestling, which is the next time um, the IWGP Championship will probably be defended. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely happy with um, so far him being the only one to beat um, Omega. This might all change tomorrow, and I might be singing a different tune. But for now, this is just amazing. Amazing story. Amazing match. Like, go watch it. Like, it's worth getting New Japan World just to see this match. Or, you know, there are less than legal options, which I take for non-New Japan shows. Well, actually, I support Progress and ICW. But, like, I, I, you, don't, you don't fuck over indies, do you? You don't fuck over indies. I'm not paying for the WWE. That's, that's basically the roundabout way of saying this. One of the best matches of the year when it comes to doing awards... This is definitely going to be up there. Although, again, um, Akada and um, Omega sort of put the stoppage in everything. But, like, if that wasn't a thing, 100% match of the year, this. Loved it. And it's infinitely more rewatchable because it's G1. So it's within that nice little 20 to half, 20 minutes to half an hour span. It's just great. Go watch it. And I've went on for, like, three minutes without going over any of the spots because it was days ago, and to be honest, I've watched so much wrestling, it's kind of left my head. That's how good this match was. If I could actually recall, like, this blah, 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 we'd be here for basically the duration of the match because I'd just be splooging everywhere. Like, you'd hear the mic doing weird noises because stuff that's not meant to be on it has gotten on it. Let's move on. Things have gotten weird. Next up was Ibushi vs. Naito, and I'm not going to let end, um, lie, rather. This was... But this was in the death zone. This was after a match of the year. Like, this should never have been, in my opinion, a main event. And there's been a lot of them, actually, where they should just not have... They just shouldn't have been main events. Like, as in, like, it on its own, it's a main event, definitely. But it's following a match of the year. Like, I think you could have known Omega versus Ibushi would top this. But, you know, here we are. Um, great back and forth at the beginning, ending in a tranquilo. Um, Naito was targeting for like throughout this. Um, Agloria was counted into one half and half. That was awesome. Abushi um, looked dead after a hangman netbreaker. Like he properly looked dead. It was like death by crumple physics. It was nasty. Um, a Kamagoye was counted into a Destino, and <laughs> just bleh. and like um, my phone just autocorrects Japanese um, things to. Just random shit. But um, another Destimo ends with a Bushi on his head and goes into a Bamier. And it's just... Oh, it's such an awesome match. A Bushi um, wins. And therefore holding a tiebreaker. Um, should shit go weird on Saturday. Um, on Saturday? No, yeah, Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> Good God. So, these are a lot of matches. So, if I'm, I'm, I am missing details. And, like... Normally, I try my best. Like, the last few have actually had better notes because I've been doing what's been going on. This, I'm doing 30 matches after the fact. So, you have to forgive me here. I'm, I do apologize. Hashi versus Fale. 
like an idiot Hashi tried to pick up Fale. Match ends with Tamatonga DQ. They then fled into a crowd. Tama choked a fan. Tama choked a fan. It's a plant. It's an obvious plant, like, but, like, still, that's the biggest thing. Um, worst match of the G1, by far. Super dull. Shite finish. Just, uh, this is, it was just shite. I'm not spending any more time on it. Worst match of the G1, definitely. Suzuki versus Hangman, and I'm just going to say going into this, I had no <laughs> inkling that Hangman would win. I was like, you know what, he's had his somewhat big kayfabe win against the former IWGP champion and G1 winner. He's not going to be like Minoru Suzuki, the biggest guy never to win the IWGP championship in Japan, the most feared man in New Japan, but he did. Um, Hangman attacks Suzuki right up the gate, much like he, Suzuki did with Okada. Um, he takes a Desperado, but it was a moonstone from the stage. And, like, the stage was quite high up. It was, like, the old Raw set. It was really cool. Um, right of passage out of the Gotch Power Driver got the win. Like, literally just setting up for the Gotch Power Driver and just picks him up and right of passage. Awesome. Um, Paige gets the best G1 um, match of Paige. And... What a great 8 out of 10. Just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, these two work great together. I hope to see a feud. They probably won't be. Because Paige, I think Paige is mostly contracted to Ring of Honor. I'm seeing in Ring of Honor actually on Wednesday. That should be fun. I look for, like, I love seeing people who weren't over before the G1 come out in front of a crowd and suddenly be massively over. Hangman's going to be more over than ever after this G1. It's been great seeing him basically come out of shell. He is the sta- um, second best standout um, of this G1, aside from Jay White, especially in the A block. Just great stuff from Hangman. And then Jay White versus Toga Makabe. It was fine. Just I don't have much note. Um, Makabe has done the spider suplex fake-out spot more often than he's needed to. Like, basically going into the spider German, um, getting knocked down into, like, the... Um, shit the real stomp position and then going back up and chucking them down actually McIntyre used to do that a lot of um, superplexes and like I understand it's a safer way of doing it but I just don't tease it if you're not going to do it um, type thing um, and then Blade Runner gets the win White steals Suzuki's gimmick um, post match of attacking young boys with the commentary just going you haven't even lost why are you attacking people but it was great, and I, that's the best part of the match, to be honest, was Paige attacking people. He continues to take up, try and take up Kevin Kelly. That was great. He continued to be the enemy of all refs. That was great. Jay White is great, just his opponent is old and can't move. So, Well, that's unfair. He can move. Like He can move. He's just not... He's not G1-worthy, man. And like I get he's earned his right to say when he leaves for G1, and it is grueling no matter how good your matches are. But still. Like, actually, but still. Elgin versus Tanner. This was sort of Elgin's last opportunity to get a big rim. There's no champions in his block, which I really think was a blunder in terms of New Japan booking, having no champions in one block. It has led to really great stuff with Ishii beating all the champions. But other than that, you know, just you need... You need at least one champion in these blocks because it gives people a sort of glimmer of hope beyond winning the G1. That was Elgin's whole MO last time out was beat a champion and he beat all the champions apart from in his block apart from the IWGP champion who was Akada. So it is, it is a good story to tell. So they still have got rid of that. Um, a reverse Alabama slam by Elgin looked absolutely sick. At the beginning, Elgin sort of overpowered 
Tana with one arm. That was also great. Um, a buckle bomb was no sold into a sling blade and then a crucifix pin, which was cool. Um, Elgin rolled through in high fly flow, and that's always just cool. And Splash Mountain got the closest to I'd ever seen. Just wow. I mean, Elgin bomb got counted into a slightly botched roll up, and the slightly botched roll up made this a seven out of ten instead of an eight out of ten. Like this, you it's it's just just not just botching it's when you botch and it's the worst possible time you can botch is a finish because that's going to be the lasting impression of the match so unfortunately i did bring it down in my estimation because it was a, it was a really good match and uh, just that tiny little miscommunication left us out of taste in my mouth it happens and i'm sad it happened but it happened and here we are so Okada vs Evil, and like they really made you think Evil was gonna win this. It was amazing. I mean, just they were trying to hit big moves right out the gate. Um, Evil put a chair over Okada's neck and chucked him into a ring post, and I'm surprised Kevin Kelly didn't go. Why is he holding his neck? Um, just amazing stuff here. And Magic Kelly using red shoes that made me laugh. That got the biggest pop of um that night for me. Just it's like holy shit, he's red shoes for a tag team finisher. More people need to do that. Absolutely amazing. Um, a Lariat gets the closest free count ever, which I thought happened last time, but no, seriously, that Red Shoes um, hand basically touched the match. And there was a million Rainmaker finishes going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, Rainmaker was hit by Evo earlier, actually, but it was like in and out with a million Rainmaker finishes. Then Akada hits everything is evil, and then a Rainmaker for the win. The ending sequence of this match was really something really cool. Um, before that, it kept me enthralled. Really cool. 8 out of 10. Just as good as the last few matches they had at Cable G1 and King of Pro Wrestling. They work well together. They should work, well, they should work together more often. Next up for B-Block, we have Juice almost dropping Ishii on his fucking head. We have Ishii versus Juice. Like, Ishii almost dropped... Um, no, a bo- Juice almost dropped Ishii on his head out of a spine buster. And, like, I, it, I understand that it probably wasn't intentional, but that really fucking scared me. And a deadlift back body drop by Ishii, absolutely cool. Like, he basically powered him up, like, did a squat with... Um, juice on him, so that was really cool. Um, Pulp Friction was counted into a lowdown lariat, that was really cool. Ishii wins with the Brain Buster, great back and forth, no fucking about outside of the ring, which is a rarity. Ishii has now beaten all the champions in this block. He has choice, he's obviously going to go for the IWGP Championship, and that is the, definitely the best choice for him to go for. But yeah, he's beaten all the champions, like, so great run for Ishii. Like, despite the fact he hasn't won, he has beat. All his wins have been big wins, and that's sort of what counts in the G1 when you're not going to win. So, awesome stuff. Next, we have Goto versus um, Zack Sabre Jr. There's some brutal forearms to start this with some uppercuts. That ended with a side suplex. Um, later in the match, GSJ catches an elbow drop from Goto into like an, into submission. That was absolutely awesome. Um, they reversed the GTR into Zack's roll-up for the win. Um, it wasn't the best of matches. Um, Goto can have the best match of the night on his day, but this certainly wasn't his day. It was still 7 out of 10, like still really, really good. Um, but yeah, the best part was Zack handing Goto the Never Championship and telling him to keep it warm for him. Zack would make the best Never Champion he's made for that belt. So give him a big run. Get let have him win at uh, one of the Road Two shows. Not Road Two. Have him win at uh, one of the Destruction shows, and then move that on for a big match at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe against Suzuki. That's not going to happen. That would be brutal. But that'd be awesome. And next up, we have Abushi versus Tama. Um, that 
I'll be honest, this match was like, I, I was conditioned not to care, despite the fact I love these two, as I said before, I'm conditioned not to care about Tama matches. Um, although this did have implications, although Kevin Kelly telegraphed the fucking running. Ah, like, he was just like, um, oh, we don't know where Tamatong is going to be. Like, he could come out from behind a bushi. Lo and behold, he's behind a bushi. Like, you don't, you don't even whiff that shit if that's what's going to happen. Don't say that, you know? That, like, cause as soon as he said that, even if it's not um, something he knew, it just switches in my brain. Like, okay, there's going to be a running, and lo and behold, there's running. Um, a bushi with a moonsault from the balcony in this match, like two stories high or something, that was, in- well not two stories, he'd be fucking dead, but that was incredible, um, everyone in the pool at the end of this match, um, Omega gets speared ahead of his match with Yano, and a Kamigoye into a pop-up gunstone for a Tama pinfall, ha, wow, <laughs> yeah, and then post-match Kenny gets powerbombed, and this leads directly into the next match, which was Kenny versus... Um, Yano, and this match was, like, fun bollocks. It was fun bollocks. I have a lot of notes. I'm not going to go through them all, like... Um, Yano came out despite that. Almost got a two-count on a fucked Omega. Like, this is where I was like, oh, no, not Yano. Like, you know, sort of, when someone's been fucked and a guy who's won money in the bank comes out but no but no one, likes tries to cash in? So, I like the feeling we got... Last time I saw Money in the Bank cash in, when Seamus came in and tried to cash it in, where I was just sort of like, ah, for fuck's sake, man, really, Seamus? And it was sort of like that, it's like, ah, really, Yano? It's like, really right now? But after that, it was a fun match. Um, Kenny gets a young boy, um, got fr- tied onto him and then thrown over as an anchor. That was great. And then they managed to get in the ring um and do a double lariat and Kenny hugs the young boy it was a great moment um chase but like okay early in the, on in the match all the um everything was taken off like all the ring posts and then um when Kenny was about to be thrown into the corner Chase Owens held up the ring mat and then took it away when Yano tried to take advantage that was absolutely incredible that, was, that made me pop that absolutely made me pop and the fucking Tongans came out um Gunstun both of them throw Yano on top for the win it's fun bollocks match um great way to keep the block alive but fucking well, surely there's a way to do it without the fucking Tongans I'm actually sick of them at this point, like, this G1 has actually made me not care about them. It, they're, they're idiots. They're fucking idiots. Sonata versus Naito, and this just showed how well LRJ people know each other. Sonata got the up, upper hand early in this match. Um, great chain wrestling. Tranquilo pose at some point in this match gets met with a drop kick. Absolutely great. Um, they go up the ramp at some point, and... They um, both almost get cancelled out. That was absolutely awesome. A Skullens got cancelled with Destino at some point. That was awesome. And then Sonata hits a Destino of his own at some point. Absolutely great. Um, and a side DDT got counted into a Destino. Which, like, it's basically a Destino into a Destino. It's a bit weird. But an awesome match. Um, Shows how well they know each other. Stakes were super high for Naito in this. Actually for both. Because Sonata would have got a big thing um, coming off of this. But Sonata looked great. Naito keeps the block alive. Three guys got have it going into 
the next match it's going to be well the next night rather it's going to be super awesome 8 out of 10 for this just great stuff absolutely great stuff right, I'm really going to fly through most of these on the last night because none of them have any consequences despite them being good for example Elgin and Toga Makabe had a better match than expected a cool back and forth um, Makabe's best match of the tournament in fact um, Elgin was impressive but this was ultimately for pride so I'm not going into details it was a decent match but ultimately just an exhibition at the end of the day once again, another um, it, it's another exhibition. It was Hangman versus Yoshihashi. Although both this was an awesome match. Um, Yoshihashi hits a Canadian destroyer at one point. God, mate, <laughs> fucking Peter Williams called. Um, Yoshihashi won with Karma, which is a shame for Paige. I think he deserves a win over fucking Yoshihashi. But the commentators are saying Tana wants to work with these guys. Is that Tana trying to make his own stable? Is that Tana wanting to work like a program with these guys? Because honestly, a program between Hangman and Tana could work. Um, not Yoshi. Yoshihashi is fucking dead in terms of working feuds, in my opinion. Um, but ultimately playing for Pride, um, Yoshihashi wins with Kama, which is a good... Considering the guy just beat Toga Makabe and um, Suzuki, that's a big win for um, Yoshihashi. Um, I'd go as far to say this is both man's best tournament match. Yeah, both man's best tournament match, in my opinion. Now it was 10. This is actually a really good back and forth. Just no stakes, really, so... Just absolutely for pride. Fale versus Suzuki. And it was mostly a walking brawl at the start. Um, Suzuki choked out Fale with a chair. That was pretty cool. Um, Tango low, low interferes, and but gets fought off. Um, bad luck fall into a sleeper hold. That was absolutely cool. Um, but then Suzuki gets sent to the corner. Um, a gotch gets countered by this Tamatonga coming in and wrecking um, Suzuki. Um, was actually having my, a lot of fun before the fucking interference. Just seriously, just I'm glad the Tongan bit. I don't know because Tama Tonga has a match tomorrow. Fuck. I'm glad the Tongan collective is almost over. And I know they're going to play some sort of role in the um, Ibushi Omega match. I hope that's not the case. I really do. I don't want that match to be overbooked. Then again, DDT. DDT, guys. So could be fun. Who knows? I say good. I'm saying it could be fun for Abushi versus Omega. Of course, it's gonna be fucking fun. But yeah, um, was okay before. So yeah. Next up was Evil versus Jay White, where Jay White had to win to keep his block hopes alive. Actually, very quickly, we had an English guy in the commentary. I think we have a translator. I'm pretty sure I've heard him translate shit before. And you know what? He's a pretty good addition as a third person. I'd have him over Kevin Kelly actually. But, you know, he was fine. Um, anyway, White um, wins. He ha can win the block. Um, but brutal shops to start this, as you would expect from an evil. Um, evil sent out by the same side suplex when with Yoshihashi earlier. A dragon suplex into the barricade. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Switchblade with a low blow after he continues to be the enemy of refs. Um, he was the enemy of refs twice in this, actually. Um, White um, with a half and half. With Red Shoes taking um, the chair off of Evil. Like, he took the chair off of Evil and then hit the half and half. It was cool. Um, Blade Runner into Evil. Evil gets pushed into the ref. Um, again, continuing to be the enemy of all refs. I love it. And then Chair into Everything is Evil. Um, as in, he was about to get hit by a Chair and then just got caught with Everything is Evil. White is out of the G1 runnings. Um, great match. Um, I'll say this now. Jay White had a, an amazing first G1. I'm trying to think of... A better first G1 in terms of pure points in recent history. I can't really think of any since I've been watching the G1. I say that, I've only watched the past couple G1s. But, um, yeah, great first G1. Like, coming third and beating both Tanner 
and beating both Tanahashi and Okada. Just can't really have much better. Like if he had a champion in this block, he would have beaten them too. So yeah, great first one from Jay White. Also had some outstanding matches as did Evil, but it wasn't his first G one. So yeah, great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Next up was Tana versus Okada, and I have no notes of this. I actually say in the notes um, that there will be no notes <laughs> because I just it I didn't want to have to be looking at my phone during this match, and I was right. It's a bit look. It's a bit fake feel. It's always a big fat feel when these two get together and just amazing stuff. Like always, callbacks. There was a high fly throw outside. That was great. I'm trying to recall spots not after I run over 25 matches. Please forgive me. Um. There was, um, the way they ran up the clock was great. Like at the beginning, Tanner was wrestling as someone who would um needs to go twenty um twenty thirty minutes, whereas Akada was like, we need I need this over with. Like Akada had to win, whereas Tanner had two ways to get into the final. Akada only had one, so that was really interesting. I think it would be a bit more interesting if Jay White was still in the running, but like if they wanted Tanner in the finals, that that was a good way to go. But I love Tana trying, still trying to get the win near the end of the, um, of it just for pride, simply for pride. He was like, "Well, if I hit this, he's not gonna have enough time to counter me, so there's no point in not trying to get the win, you know, try and get with the most points available." But no, there's great stuff, great psychology from both these men. They just know how to work with each other. It's one of it's the, wow, well, it's from a sour. Um, Kibashi of this ge- of this generation. I say of this generation. I got another tail end of that because I got in at Wrestle Kingdom nine, which was like the last year of the feud being the feud. If that makes sense. So is Feel Mega Okada of that generation? I don't know. I don't know why I'm trying to justify this amazing match. Ten out of ten, undoubtedly. The only draw of the G one. There's always only about one draw of G one anyway. And amazing stuff from both men. Tana being in the finals, I'm absolutely fine with. Um, I'd have preferred Suzuki, but, you know, I just love Suzuki. Suzuki was never getting in the finals, if we're being completely 100% honest. But absolutely amazing stuff from both men. I'll say that a million times, because it's just true. Match of the year candidate by far. Um, so far, the second best match of the G1, the only match that tops it really is Omega and Ishii. But this had a bit higher stakes. Because Ishii wasn't fighting to stay in the G1. He was just fighting to beat the champion. Really, and Omega was just fighting to extend the lead. Whereas this was like, okay, down to the wire. Winner takes all, basically. Other there's no winner. So, less fucked takes all. <laughs> um, I'd say this is definitely better than their match at... Um, where was it? It was, the first ma- it was the first show I did. So, I should be able to remember this. What was it? It was Secure Genesis. This was definitely better than a match at Secure Genesis. Um, I loved how I loved the um, English guy pointing out um, both men's year has been punctuated by things they've lost. Like Tanner lost all his records to Okada, and Okada lost his IWGP Championship, which it, he has just gone mad without. So, and how they took the loss, like Okada tried to make people smile after his loss, whereas Tanner just sort of went into depravity. So, I like this English guy's good. Keep him on New Japan. He's actually really good. I didn't catch his name because I think it would have been announced during the tag matches, and I don't watch the fucking tag matches. So, eh. <laughs> but keep him on. He's absolutely great. He 
punctuates this so perfectly. I hope he's on tomorrow. And with that, I, <laughs> I, I'll see you tomorrow or right now. <laughs> on to the last day of block action. God, time travel, amazing. Um, on to Tamatonga versus Toriano, and it was bollocks. Tongans came out despite them being banned. Tamagunton's ref, that was it. Yeah, yeah, literally that was it. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Robinson versus Hiroki Goto. Now, I'm very going to quickly say for this, you know how I said that everyone in A Block seemed to big up their game um, the day before? On this, everyone in B Block, with the exception of the final, sort of, that was a bit down, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. But um, decent back and forth between these two, as you'd expect. Juice wins with Pulp Friction. So he gets a. He, this is probably his biggest win against um, another champion. So can't really complain. Decent back and forth. Now here we get good. My two MVPs of B Block, which is saying a lot in B Block. Sonata versus Evo, and really good. Um, the BCOGs were escorted out the building. So I, I put here with fuck because I assume Ovo escorted out the building. They're just gonna run back in because I'm used to Western wrestling somehow. Um, a good opening exchange, a New Japan Pro Wrestling World Glitch sent me back to the start of the show, like I was watching this live in the morning, so I did miss some stuff, so I'm sorry about that, but, um, Ishii invites Sonata to hit him harder, as you do, um, a bunch of no-sell spots in this, um, Sonata misses a Moonstow, and then Ishii starts targeting the knee, which is great, and mits Min- Moonstow into a Shining Wizard, ha, Muta, this, Muta, I, I should actually watch more Muta matches, because I haven't watched many. I should, like most I've actually seen of him mostly is when um Russell One had that partnership with TNA. That's mostly when I seen Muta and some stuff on the network. So I should probably probably watch more Muta stuff because you know he he got over as a Japanese guy in WCW wrestling. So he has to be good. Um, great sequences ends with with a lariat and a two count and then a brainbuster for the Ishii win. So, really good. Seven out of ten. Eight out. I'm gonna give it seven. Ultimately, again, yeah. So much wrestling, it sort of dilutes your view of wrestling. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to a few weeks where I basically have no Japanese wrestling because I'm going to be able to get normalised again. Jesus Christ, this has been a lot of wrestling. I mean, again, 30 matches in this podcast alone. So, And we have Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is out, although he does end up finishing on the same points. Uh, it was basically a four-way tie at the top of B block. But... Um, Zack Sabre Jr. didn't hold any tiebreakers, so he was out, unfortunately. Um, so if we go out the ring, like, in and out the ring spot, sort of like what you do in a video game, where, like, one guy runs out, so you run in, so they run out, and you get back in. It was a funny thing. Um, very big story for going through this match was Naito trying to frustrate Zack, because when Zack starts making mistakes, it was a really good story, actually. Really enjoyed it. Um, Zack was targeting the neck, as you would. Um, Zack counters Naito's corner dropkick, which was really cool. Just... Awesome stuff. Um, Zach kicking from the corner, like he Naito was holding up his foot, and Zach was sort of like, eh, piss off, eh, eh, stop it, <laughs> you know. Um, Zach catches a wheel spin into an SDF. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yes. Um, a Gloria into a triangle. Once again, fucking yes. So that's the thing with Zach matches; that it's all about the counters that Zach is able to pull off. Um, Desano into a European clutch. Yes. Desano into Octopus into Desano into second death note, into Zack Driver. That Zack Driver caught me completely off guard. He hasn't hit it the whole um, 2-1 in terms of single matches. I'm pretty sure he's hit an attack match. Um, I saw, but again, I'm not paying attention during the attack matches if I'm watching him at all. 
So, yeah, Zack beat Naito, putting Naito out of B-Block. Um, basically, Naito needed an Ibushi win. No, an Ibushi win. Yeah, an Ibushi win and a... Yeah, an Ibushi win if he won best, but he couldn't do it, so... What a shame. What a shame. Naito was someone I I would be rooting for because he's one of my favorite guys in New Japan. But then again, the four guys at the top of this were basically four of my favorite guys in New Japan. So whoever got it, I would be 100% happy with. Um, what's what surprise? Great match. Um, eight out of ten. As, and when I say surprise, I mean Zach beating Naito. I literally didn't see that coming. But it's a huge win. And I think he's going off to challenge um, Goto based on storyline stuff. So... Happy with that. Um, tai Chi came back, actually. I, this is the day of... I'm actually recording next week's podcast directly after this podcast. And Tai Chi's back, which made me happy. I'll stop now, because I was just going to Tai Chi cha- tangent. But this match was great. Awesome stuff. Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega. Oh, what amazing stuff. Um, Just, this is what they delivered. They actually delivered. It was a really intense match. It, it, like I've only ever seen highlights of their DDT sh- matches. I haven't watched one all the way through, and I probably should. Um, so I don't have full context, but great stuff. Um, we saw Croyd's Wrath earlier in the match. I like. We only seem ever seem to see that um, in massive matches for Kenny. I don't think he even pulled it out in the, in one of the Okada matches. Actually, he probably did. I can't remember. There's so much wrestling. He does some of those matches alone, but. Yeah, so being thinking that's always awesome. Um, Kenny kick, um, got kicked out of a Kamigoye. Blah. Um, both men were holding on to each other um, on the wrist while they kicked each other. That was brutal. Um, as soon as they let go, Kenny gets a V-trigger. Um, Phoenix Splash misses, so Kota gets v- a V-trigger and a v- J-driller. Um, a reverse Rana was into a drop kick knee, um, drop on knees on Kota's head. Jesus Christ. It was absolutely brutal. Um, an avalanche one winged angel was teased, but never happened. And and I think you're gonna know what I'm gonna talk about here. But moonsault um, into the into the double knees, Jesus, Jesus! Like Alexa Bliss did something like that, but it never looked that brutal. Like even like in a slow down gift, you can see just how did Kenny's lungs not collapse? And he did it in the Tana match actually. So like, how did Kenny's lungs not collapse? Absolutely amazing stuff. Um, there was an avalanche tiger driver. Oh. <laughs> Oh Christ, I jumped out while well, I was in my bed. So jumped out my bed. Um, and a Kamigoye, um gets a Viabushi win. Amazing match. Stout and Tembees to have amazing chemistry. And this is one of those matches we're not going to see it too often because we're in a tag team. So when we do see it, it's going to be great. So amazing stuff. If we had more time, I feel we could get something like truly like greatest match of all time. Like if we got like these two headline with Tokyo down, which. We didn't. Sorry, spoilers. Um, so amazing stuff. Um, amazing. Ten out of ten. One of the best matches of the G One. Um, in not next podcast, but podcast after, I'll probably do a top ten G One matches, and this will definitely be on there. Amazing stuff. And so that brings us to the end of the G One. It's been an amazing ride. Thank you if you stuck through me, because honestly, these reviews of these matches have not been good or in depth, mostly because of the pure volume of them, and it's easy to miss stuff. Like, when I was, it was be- at the best during those two podcasts where I did it, like, between watching matches, I would do the review straight after watching it. I think that was good, but that's also very, like, you very much have to dedicate an afternoon if I'm gonna do that, you know, especially since I'm like two behind, so it's literally just dedicating a whole afternoon to that. It is a lot of wrestling, and I'm I feel fulfilled for watching it. Like I wouldn't see some of the best matches of the year if I hadn't done this, but at the same time, I 
it, it was very difficult. So I, I appreciate anyone who stuck through this. I appreciate anyone who sticks through this podcast because this one's approaching um, the 45-minute mark, I'm sure. Um, I haven't checked yet, but I see. Yep, approaching the 45-minute mark, mark. By the time I'm done, it's going to be there. Um, but yeah, so just setting the stage for for the next podcast, there is Tana versus Abushi. Oh my, that was one of the best matches of the last year, so that rematch was hotly anticipated till I watched it this morning and it lived up to expectations. But this has been a great G, um, great G1, standouts being Jay White in the A block, um, Hangman Page did better than I ever expected, I mean, again, he got a really good match at Yoshihashi, which you can never expect um, from there. Um, in the B block, just everyone, everyone had at least one match of the year candidate, with the exception of Yano. Everyone had memorable matches, I should say, in B block. Like the only in A block was a bunch of people who fell by the wayside, but everyone had a memorable match in um, B block. B block, even though Tama Tonga like was a downer in B block. It, that is a real shame that Tama was a downer, but <laughs> Tama was a downer. But it, it it happened. It tells a story. If the story goes somewhere. It's fine. Like last year, um, the Wrestle Kingdom they go in completely different directions than we were expecting, and it ended up being one of the best Wrestle Kingdoms of all time. So, not no complaints from me. So, I'm as long as it goes somewhere, I'm happy. And New Japan very rarely drops storylines, so I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be 100% fine. Even when it looks like we dropped Kosa versus Kenny, there was still an overarching thing going on there. And it just worked out perfectly, so I have full faith that this is going to give us something. And actually, it gave us a little bit of something the next night, but we'll talk about that later. But anyway, I've been Chris O'Brien of the Young Line Podcast. Thank you for sticking with me. Follow me over on Twitter, oman 401 Go follow, uh, go read, read my stuff over on the Nerdy Birds. Nerdy Birds? No, that's for podcasts. On Light and Nerdy, I'm going to be having a new podcast over there soon, actually, about film. That's going to be fun. Um... All in as soon. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit for the next podcast. And yeah, awesome stuff. Thanks for sticking through once again and goodbye.